Let's get her done. No idea what's happening. <laughs> do, 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 do. Here we go. My name's Todd. And this is Kathy. Welcome back to another episode of Zen Parenting Radio. You have no idea what's happening. What do you mean? You always have an idea what's happening. You just said, come downstairs. We're going to tape a show. Sit down. Put on your headphones. Yes. Not a lot of preparation. No. But we're actually leaning on our listeners. Uh, we're going to talk about um, a few different questions. Our listeners have been so awesome and in responding to a request for some questions, because if one person has the question, maybe a lot of people have a similar question. So okay. um, we're going to go through a few of those. Uh, but first, I want to talk to the listeners who have never heard us before. This is podcast number, I think, 311. This is the 311 episode. 311. What's the number for 311? Quick, what's the number for 911? Um, but then also, uh, isn't 311 a, a band? Maybe. You're good at bands. I think it is. My head's super fuzzy because I'm having allergy problems. Because of the cottonwood. Those cottonwood trees, man. And so I really feel like my head is a balloon. Is it inflated? Because <laughs> if it's an empty balloon, I just think of it shriveling over to the side. No. Well, I feel kind of like that. I feel I can't hear. Like my ears are all like what? Yeah, whatever. you're just a little wacky. And I just feel really spacey. So, so you're welcome. Then, listeners, you get Kathy in a spacey mood. Okay, so let's see how I do. So why listen to Zen Parenting Radio? Because you'll feel outstanding. And who doesn't want to feel outstanding? And I always remember our motto, sweetheart, which is that the best predictor of a child's well-being is a parent's self-understanding. Correct. Um, and a few quick um, updates, events, things that we have coming up. Um, I have my tribe men's group, as you know, and we are having our annual play date for grown-ups Play date, play date for dads meeting, which basically means we don't talk about authentic things. We just go out and play and have fun. Are you really calling it a play date? I am. I don't know if my partner in crime, Frank, would. Uh, I would just call it play because play date sounds like young. Yeah. Well, we're a bunch of young, silly men playing like boys. But boys are like fifth graders and Cameron's a fifth grader. And what she does Cameron call? She doesn't call me. They're, or, they're called <clears throat> hangouts now. Yes. Am I interrupting a lot? Yes, because I'm having, I'm going slow, so you have to be patient with me. So she, yes, if I say play date, she says mom, and she's it's a hangout. We're gonna have a hangout. Okay, there and you go. it means we're gonna have fun and play and have fun. Go for um, it. And then um, our first partner is Dr. John Kelly from John J. Kelly Dentistry. His website is chicagodentistonline.com. JC is getting her brackets off. At her next appointment. Correct. She's almost done. And Cameron just got her retainer off. So it was a good appointment last time. I know. Everybody came home very pleased. So thank you, Dr. John J. Kelly. Um, I like that. ChicagoDentistOnline.com. So let's just jump in. I have a few other announcements, but I'm going to announce them as we go along with the show. Are you going to talk about the conference? No. Okay. I'm not supposed to, right? Well, we're not going to talk about... Just the Our dates. big announcement, but the dates, yeah. The dates are? February 24th and 25th, 2017. And I know that's far away, and you're like, why are you telling us this? But I'm telling you, just put it on your calendar. Yeah. Then you won't do the, an overlap. This is our save the date. This is our save the date, just like a wedding. Mm -hmm. It's like Todd and I are getting married. Without the ceremony. Correct. A celebration. Right. Of life. Of life. Um, so first question. Now, just so you guys know, I, sometimes I have to like delete certain things because I sometimes they're too long and I appreciate the context, but 
Um, if I'm if I'm restating the question verbatim, it might go too long. And then the other thing I want to say is, Kathy has no idea what these questions are. No, I do. So I have a I have a little bit of an advantage because I can gather my thoughts. Whereas, sweetie, with her fuzzy head. <laughs> so this is the first one. I find myself. This is kind of an interesting, heavy one. So we're starting out heavy. Okay, I gotta I gotta prepare here. Ready? I got. I find myself with a husband whom I deeply love, but who has driven me literally crazy to the point of antidepressants and therapy with his narcissism. narcissism. Did I say it? Narciss- narcissism. Narcissism. Until recently, I did not know that was the cause, but honed in on when I found the following article quiz on psychology today, and my husband scored 40 out of 49. One didn't apply on the scale of narcissism. It was finally a comfort, although ironic, to realize that I wasn't so crazy in imagining that he didn't care about much but himself and his issues. He didn't trust me and he didn't want to show affection so as to not be attached. It's taken me several years to overcome feelings of this is all my fault and I must be such a terrible person that he would react this way. And by no means am I fully recovered or know if I will. It's been a hard hit to this formerly strong-willed, trusting, loving, caring woman who still loves this man and still means every marriage vow despite the loneliness and wear and tear on her soul. I want to hear your thoughts on how to be the best spouse I could be to someone like that and the best parent since there's a four-year-old involved as well. That's it. Huh. Well, I would say that narcissism is tough. And again, there's a a lot of assumptions that we're making here because she's saying he scored this, but it sounds like she's the one who scored him. Right, she's diagnosing him. Right, and that's the thing is that kind of diagnosis, like a narcissistic personality disorder, you know, a lot of us go to WebMD and Mm -hmm. all that kind of thing and we say, oh, I figured it out. And really those kind of things should be done through treatment. Right. Because a lot of times through our eyes, this is what it is, but there's a lot of things we're not considering. Mm Mm-hmm. But with that said, even if he doesn't have a personality disorder, there's obviously some narcissistic tendencies that you're picking up on. Um, And I would say, how do you do that? You have to um, come to agreement with him that this is a team effort. I think that if you're out there alone, just saying, well, I'm going to make this better just for my end, I think it's possible to focus on taking care of yourself and making sure that you're meeting your own needs. But marriage by definition is two people. So for you to be like, I'm going to change all these things and then that's going to make things better. It may change some dynamics. Yeah. Um, there's, <clears throat> I really do believe that we can make shifts on our side that do make a difference for the couple. Mm-hmm. But I also believe if you really believe that these things are this difficult where you're on antidepressants because of it, um, he's got to come to the table with yeah. you. And what if he doesn't? Let's just be hypothetical. Well, I don't even want to go there because that, what if he doesn't? I don't know. Mm. Like, that's not our decision to make. I can't even comment on that. Right. Because this is a, it's not a black or white issue. Yeah. This is a, I would say, therapeutic intervention or parent coaching Mm. or obviously marriage counseling. Yeah. Um, There, you know, as we always say with these questions, there is no absolute answer. It's a day by day experience, but. I have to tell you that the best thing you can do for your child is for you to be healthy. Yeah. So whatever that means, I'm hoping it's within the marriage yeah. and that your husband will <clears throat> I'm sorry everybody. Why don't you drink some iced tea, sweetie? I'm I'm very itchy. Yeah. But go ahead, say what you were gonna say. Well, I, I I'm kinda re I'm agreeing with 
most of what you're saying and that this is a marriage, it's two people and everything. And the other thing I'll say is this is a very one-sided perspective. Correct. Her husband could have a completely different perspective on the way things are. So, I mean, I admire this woman and I actually admire exactly what she said on the last line of the email, which says, I want to hear your thoughts on how to be the best spouse I could be to someone like that. So in a way, I kind of feel comforted in the fact that she's saying what she could do to change. Because I think a lot of us are like, how can I change my husband? And the right. one thing I do know is that we really can't change anybody. I can't change you. I can't change my kids. If we're lucky, we can influence them, but you cannot change anybody. So I'm I'm grateful that she's looking looking at it from that. But yeah, I think if it's serious enough where she's ha- having to take pills and she has a four-year-old, I think you need to come together with your husband and get some ho- Like, does help. he recognize this as an issue and or is this kind of a secret? It sounds like it's a secret diagnosis that she has yeah. about him and that's no way to well it's an enabling of a behavior yeah. it's saying i'm not going to talk about it we're not going to come together or maybe she's tried to yeah we but don't know i'm going to try and solve this on my own and a lot of times that can be an enabling thing yeah um so i first thing obviously you're a loving caring woman because mm. you're saying how can i keep this intact and how can i be the best person i can be so you're obviously already right on this you know like todd said you're on the right track but at the same time, I also feel like you're deserving of goodness too. Yeah. You know? And if you have done everything you could, because the other thing I'll say is no matter how thin you slice it, there's always two sides. And are you doing everything? And maybe she's like, you know what, Todd and Kathy, I have done everything I could for the last 12 months. I've loved this man unconditionally. Um, I've done all these things. If that is the case, then I think you need to make, and like you've tried to go to the marriage counseling route and he has no interest. And is that just an utter disregard towards the health of this family unit? Then I think you need to make some serious decisions. But until you do all those things, uh, I, and you know, I admire this woman once again, because a lot of Wives or husbands would just run. They would flee. Mm-hmm. This man's not making me happy. I got to go. We're going to get a divorce. She's not doing any or of that. Or never talk about it. Or never talk about it. So I don't know how much that helps. Maybe to, I don't know, normalize it a little bit or just give her a, a little bit slightly different perspective. But I think that's as far as we can go with her, right? Yeah. It's a, it's so, a, that's a tough one. It's a very mm-hmm. tough one. So our heart goes out to you and your husband and your four-year-old. And, you know, keep listening and seek out help and professional help and friends from uh, support from friends and, you know, keep taking care of yourself. So that's number one. You ready for number two? Yes. All right. Question two. Here we go. During the early morning hours of Mother's Day, I could not find my Zen as a parent and cried myself to sleep after snapping at at my toddler. It was the third hour of her being awake from 1230 to 330 in the morning. I had laid with her her new request each night, and each time I attempted to leave, she would scream and run out. My husband took a turn, and the same thing happened. Then we each tried putting her to bed, and it kept happening. Finally, after telling her we could not put her back to bed, she began hitting me, and I just lost it in terms of snapping at her. It is such a frustrating experience for us all to not be able to meet her needs, get some rest, and be Zen parents when we are exhausted after a long day. Any advice would help. Oh, that's so hard. I feel like we can definitely help this woman. Well, definitely. So just to make sure I have a few things things straight. This this little girl is how old? Um, 
three. She toddler. said toddler. She said toddler. So I'm assuming around three, right. two or three. Um, she, the little girl is having a hard time falling asleep and mom and dad are taking turns like laying with her and then trying to leave. Right. And it's not working. Um, first of all, oh my gosh. We've been there. Been there. And, and there is nothing more difficult than trying to appease somebody else when you are exhausted. Yeah. Because it's so hard to pull from anywhere because you're so depleted already. So the first thing I'd like to say is let yourself off the hook a little bit about not being a Zen parent. First of all, there really is no such thing that one person is a Zen parent and one person's not. Really what happens is in every situation that we have with our kids or with other people, we can choose being, we could say, zen or self-aware or conscious in the moment. And sometimes we do well with it and sometimes we don't. But it doesn't make you a zen parent or not. Do you know what I mean? I do. And I would completely to your point. And, you know, this one day and maybe she's had multiple days like this, but, you know, she's getting she's beating herself up because she lost it. At 3.30 in the morning one night, man. Hello. We lost it all the time. <laughs> I just did in the car. Yeah. I was just... And when and when we say lost it, basically what that means is... You're out of resources. You're out of resources. Sometimes the visual I get about myself is my head gets too full. You know what drives me crazy is loud. Yeah. When everyone... I just said to the girls, you guys are out louding each other mm-hmm. because it, it, we're in a small space and it's so loud. And I'm like, ah, like I literally can't do it anymore. And I feel like the Zen thing is then what's the choice I make after that? Mm -hmm. Because sometimes we have that like breaking point. um, And then what do I do next? Do I recognize that I need some space? Do I recognize that, can I laugh? Maybe not. Um, Can I then relax again? Because sometimes, envision it this way, sometimes that breaking point or that yelling or that screaming or that crying or whatever it is, is a release of pressure. Right. Okay. And sometimes it's, it's always better if it's laughter or, or something that maybe is not such a heavy emotion, Yeah. Um, but it's a release of pressure. And then we have another choice. Yeah. Okay. So in answer to like how to help your child go to sleep i there there's way too many things that mm-hmm. may be going on that yeah. i don't understand right. she may be overtired she may um be afraid she may usually around that age is when they begin to recognize i'm alone and it's dark i'm alone and it's dark and my imagination and my brain is developing yeah and i'm starting to see shadows as other things because yeah. we'll always say why could they sleep so well when they were one or two well because they were very concrete yeah <laughs> they were like you know beyond concrete concrete they were just like yeah absolute darkness was fine and they're so present yeah once they start to get a little older their brain starts to develop and they're starting to be creative and imaginative and sometimes that can run a little wild so the first thing i'll say is that her having a hard time is normal Mm -hmm. you know um i'm sure any parent listening to this would say mom i've been there with you dad i've been there with you um you know a few things that i'm thinking is uh could she possibly sleep on your floor yeah could she possibly rest with you for a while could you stay in the room with her and again you may say no 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 i don't want to go yeah, down we're that throwing path. different ideas out there and that's fine you don't have to um i was just having a good talk with a girlfriend the other night about this um because she has a new baby and she was saying i really don't want to create new you know some bad habits and i so get that because we said the same thing todd yeah you know we said no our bed is for our bed and then eventually we got to the point where they get old enough to where i like it when they come in now but when you were nursing and yes i needed space you needed space and then we kind of grew out of that so to your point the worry about habits and everything 
these kids are malleable. They are. And because the because your daughter is three years old and decides and, and gets a, a, and is allowed to sleep with mom and dad for a week or a month or whatever at the end of the or night. Or occasionally. Or occasionally. Right. It's not going to be, they're not going to be seven right. doing the no, same thing. No, they, they may. They may. <laughs> what I mean by that is you may still have a seven-year-old who comes into the room. But that's the thing is I think one thing with sleep um, is that we want it to be more controlled. Mm-hmm. And there is a surrender with right. children in sleep because a lot of times we read books or we hear stories from other everybody else about how their children sleep and why their children sleep. And really, it's not that simple, meaning there's all sorts of things that come into play and they are not computers that we can shut down. They are human beings. And there's times in their lives, there was a time, actually, Tad, do you remember when JC was around three? And that's when like, I was absolutely going crazy. It's like all coming back to me because she wanted out of that room so bad. Yeah. And I can say to you guys, you know, the person who wrote this, this letter, um, I don't. I almost forgot about it. Well, you know what we did? We put up that dumb gate for a night. For one night, we did, and then it just didn't feel right to us. But we put up the gate. But I have friends who are not do not subscribe to the same philosophy that you and I do. Who reverse the locks on their on their kids' bedroom door, which means they're literally physically contained. Right. And that's why we Which we is, thought like with the gate thing, I was like, this will help her. It'll give her some boundaries yeah, below. Yeah. She stood at that gate yeah. and cried. And it was heartbreaking and we couldn't do it. Because that's the other thing is having maybe in the daytime, and again, I know your daughter's three and she's very young, but in the daytime, talking to her about night and saying, can you tell me some of the feelings that are coming up or what, what does scare you? Mm-hmm. Not in an angry, I'm annoyed at you way, but talk with me. Like, yeah. how can I support you what can we do um can we you know a lot of parents would say develop a routine before bed of course that may help but it also may be just hearing her out um you know what are the things that are concerning her what is waking her up what is causing her to run to you because a lot of times acknowledgement is really helpful and sometimes they come up with really interesting solutions. Yeah. Um, as I've said on the show before one of my daughters her solution was to sleep with my shirt because I had worn it during the day mm-hmm. and then I put on my pajamas and she would sleep with my shirt. So it smelled like me. Yeah. It, it She felt like she was close to me and it gave her that sense of, you know, connectedness. And that didn't work every time, but it was a pretty cool solution. Yeah. Um, or, you know, with uh, JC, I remember after all that um, experience, I can't remember if these are completely connected, but was we got the stuffed elephant. Yeah. We read about elephants and that elephants are protectors. And so she got Pipey. Mm-hmm. That's what she named it, Pipey. <laughs> Pipey. And, you know, the elephant sat on the bed mm-hmm. and was a protector. So you can kind of be creative with this. And at the same time, so that's the problem solving part. That's a logical part. But at the same time, surrender a little bit because this will not be forever. Um, this too shall pass, uh, that doesn't help your sleeping. And I know that. I know you need rest. Um, but I also, I think me just being able to say to you, you will get this sleep back. Mm-hmm. You will. Um, but right now, it, this is a time. This is one of those valleys. Well, and one resource I'll share with you is we interviewed Dr. Darius. I forget what, uh, I don't I don't know how to pronounce his last name, but he was here in our studio and it's zenparentingradio.com slash 
sleep. And we had a really good interview with we him. Did, we it's did. been it was back in January of fifteen, so about fifteen months ago, sixteen months ago. And that might be a good resource for you to use. Um, but yeah, to your point, like, you know, twelve thirty to three thirty AM, talk about the witching hours. Yeah, that's a tough time. That's a tough time. And you already said some of this, Kathy, but have a plan. You don't make the plan at twelve thirty in the morning with your husband. Have the plan before you go to bed saying, if this happens, this is who's in charge. Or you guys and it sounds like they're trading off they anyways. Are, which is wonderful. But you know, very practical. I'm more practical. And, you know, if for whatever reason your daughter needs you around at this time, you know, to your point, let her come in and make a bed on your floor. Or I don't know if you can lay down with her in her bed or if it's just a kitty bed. Probably not. I mean, we got queen size beds for our kids. They mm-hmm. got pretty lucky. Now with they that. do. Now they do. They, they used to have little junior beds. Yeah, they had junior beds. And we did part of that because we were finding that we were having delay with them occasionally. Yeah, and we were spent. And, and sometimes things change inside of us when we let go of thinking it's supposed to be a certain way. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of times we guilt ourselves and we say, oh, I'm not a good parent or I'm not a good Zen parent and that's why this is happening and why am I bad and what's wrong with my kid. And a lot of times if we just say there's nothing wrong with any of you, it was just a tough night or it's a tough time. Mm -hmm. And this normalizing and this, you know, this validating of you guys are great. It's just she's having a hard time sleeping, period, rather than because you, you know, and and again, only you know what, you know, her situation and what's going on. But every time someone would say that to me, I found such solace in that. Well, and I'm reading this email again. Finally, after telling her we could not put her back to bed, she began hitting me and I just lost it in terms of snapping at her. So first of all, I know (laughs) we've all snapped. Um, But what I was going to say is, it sounds like your daughter, for whatever reason, feels um, unsafe. And, you know, we had had a daughter, our middle daughter, Cameron, used to be scared that she was going to get lost in her house. Yes. And there was some other... You helped me with some of the causes of that. Like, that's like the silliest thing in the world because... Because she didn't really feel like she was going to get lost, like, map-wise. Yeah, and I thought she was. She was trying to say in her own way... I'm not quite sure where I fit. In this family. Yes, because she was, we had the baby, we, she was middle. Yeah. And she was, she she didn't even say, I don't think I fit. She just started to worry mm-hmm. about it. I feel like I might get lost. Mm-hmm. It was almost like she was trying to do some preventative maintenance. Yes. Like this could happen right. if you guys aren't aware. Yeah. Um, and so, and the hitting part, again, that is your daughter's demonstration of her losing her tools yeah. of, at three in the morning, yeah. which... Yeah, she's overtired she's too. She's overtired. She's too. been up for three hours in the middle of the night. She's exactly. spent. And it doesn't make it okay to hit, but we can understand what's happening. And we can talk about that, again, at a time when we're both rested. Yeah. Like when you were hitting last night, let's come up with something else we can do. You know, it, these are a lot of conversations. Or even if the conversation doesn't result in a, here's our new plan, it's discussing it. It is acknowledging your feelings it's it's acknowledging her feelings and it's letting go of that thinking that things need to be perfect right because there's no such thing that's right um all right our second partner is dr kelly from the tree of life chiropractic care her website is chirotree.com so if you live in the chicagoland area please um consider getting your um back treatment (laughs) you're always like coming up with new language i know i'm trying to mix it up adjustments adjustments alignment 
Your, what's the other fancy word that Dr. Kelly uses? Subluxations? Mm-hmm. Well, that's what she's adjusting are the subluxations. It's a lot of syllables. Well, you know. Um, 630-941-8733, healthy families by choice, not by chance. And then I also want to throw in a plug for my coaching practice. Um, I've decided that I'm going to focus on men and helping men with their relationship with themselves, with their spouse, with their children, with money and things like that. So if you're a guy out there and you want to meet your goals and uh, get some support doing it, I am in the business of helping men meet their goals. So shoot me an email at uh, comments at zenparentingradio.com and I'll give you more details on that. So, all right. You ready for the third one, sweetie? I'm not quite sure what I should do with my six-year-old son. He really wants to know how to make a baby. He has wanted to know for years. Now he, now, no, when he was four, I just said, when mommy and daddy were ready to have a baby, God put you in there. Now, I don't believe in lying or being fluffy around the subject, but at four, so she's questioning that age, he knows all the proper terms for both male and female body parts. He knows how the baby comes out and he knows about nursing. He knows that he can ask me anything and I will answer him. He also knows that sometimes I won't answer him right away if I need to think of my answer, but I will tell him. I've really tried to to take what you and Todd have said on the show to heart. Growing up, there was no talk. I never got the talk. If I did ever ask a question, my mom would say, I don't know. Um, I don't know. We should look that up. Oh, wow. Okay. We never did that, of course. I don't want to have embarrassment or shame around the topic. I also want to tell him things that he isn't ready for. I feel like he's asking, and I would rather he, I would rather him hear it from me when I know we'll all be truth. When he asked... I said that it was a little complicated, and I promised I would explain when he was a little older. His response was, why is it inappropriate? I didn't hesitate and immediately told him it was absolutely not appropriate, just hard to understand. It was absolutely not inappropriate. Right. Thank you. Uh, I'm having a hard time reading if you haven't Mm -hmm. already figured that Mm -hmm. out. It didn't feel right not telling him because I fear he's making up stories in his head, which I don't want, but I also want... I don't want to overwhelm him with information. So like most parenting situations, when I'm unsure, I ask myself, what would Kathy do? (laughs) WWCD. That's funny. (laughs) So that's it. Um, Well, a few things. I think this age is like perfect to do a book read along. Yeah, six. He's six. Yeah. I feel like there's so many great books for young kids. And now here's where me not reading the questions ahead of time isn't helpful because if you could look up on Amazon, because I know what they are, I just can't come up with them off the top of my head. Okay. Meaning, um, look up um, like uh, babies or, y- you know, you know what words to put in there. They could but do it. While, but, but, I'm, but if you can read oh, them to me, I can tell her know. which ones. But what I, what I want to say is that you're, it sounds like you're just doing amazing already because you are very conscious of what you want to say. You're very conscious of your your historical experience, and you really want to stay connected to him, and you want him to have an understanding that there, even though you're right, it, it can be complicated, but there is absolutely nothing inappropriate. It just is sometimes there's more information than he may be able to understand right now. But these books are written in such a way that it's really basic and developmentally appropriate, where they say things like, similar to what you said to him when he was four, mommy and daddy come together um, in love in this decision. And then in the books, they tend to, instead of getting focused on sex and what sex is, they jump to 
this is what a sperm is, this mm-hmm. is what an egg is. Mm-hmm. And just knowing that, usually, that's the thing, at six, he's not going to say... Oh, go ahead. So I plugged in an Amazon sex book for kids, and it's the first one that came up is called It's So Amazing, a book about eggs, sperm, birth, babies, and families. The okay. next one is called It's Perfectly Normal. Okay. Asking about sex and growing up. It's not the stork. Um, yes. It's not the stork? Um, amazing You, Sex Puberty, You know and what? All amazing You was the one I used with the girls. Oh, really? But that's not really about how babies are made. That's yeah. more about their body. Yeah. Let's um, talk about sex, a guide. I mean, there's a million of okay, them. To, okay, Todd's right. Go on Amazon or wherever you go or go to the bookstore, whatever feels right to you. I, I Sometimes I say Amazon and people are like, don't send people to Amazon. Do you know that? Oh, yeah. You got to go to our website first. Well, no, that's oh. not it. I'm not trying to make the sale myself. Oh. What I'm saying is that some people um, like to give back to their own community and their own bookstores and, oh. you know... Oh. I, I give back in other ways. Amazon's way too convenient for me not to well, use it. Well, and that's the problem. But anyway, go wherever you go to look at books and then take a look and and see what feels right to you. Like, look through the pages and be like, would I feel comfortable reading this? Is this language that we already understand? Is this, is this the question he's asking? Mm-hmm. And I feel like a book would be really helpful right now. Um, we also have a few resources of our own. Okay. We did um, a few shows. One is The Truth About Sex Education. That's what we named it. It's okay. zenparentingradio.com slash 252. Another one we said, We Choose What's Familiar and What It Means to Be a Sex Positive Parent. And that can be located at zenparentingradio.com slash 187. And then... Um, there's one that we did, How Do You Feel About Sex? And then zenparentingradio.com slash eight. Yeah. Our eighth episode we ever did. And you can basically just put sex in the search box and all of those will come up. Um, but I think it's very, because of the relationship you have with your son, this is why he's able to come to you and ask you these questions. So again, I know he stumps you occasionally. I feel stumped occasionally too. Um, but at the same time, it's really cool. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's basically saying, mom, you're the person. Mm-hmm. And you can make the decision of how how you want that to go. But continuing the conversation and knowing that just because he's four or six doesn't mean that he's not interested. A lot of times parents will say, well, they shouldn't ask that till they're 10. And that is crazy. I mean, why is there an age limit on when someone's interested in their body, especially if they have someone in their life, like if you're pregnant, Mm -hmm. or maybe they have a neighbor who's pregnant, or they're really interested in babies overall, or maybe they're interested in in themselves, like, how'd I get here? And any child, no matter who they are, could be really interested in that. Well, and, you know, there's this blanket of, um, you know, discomfort that, and we've talked about this in our podcast. So if anybody goes back and listens to those podcasts, we're going to say things like, what is your relationship with sex? Mm-hmm. How comfortable do you feel about talking about it? Because a lot of times it's our own baggage that we're, you know, it's hard for us not to pass that baggage along to our mm-hmm. kids. So, you know, Figure out what your own relationship is with the topic because a lot of times we're just – we feel like, oh, they're not ready, but maybe maybe the parents aren't ready. Well, and it's a very fine line because she sounds like she's kind of worked through yes. some things because they're already talking about it. But it's that fine line between I want to maintain my child's innocence, but I also want them to keep coming to me with questions. And sometimes that idea of I want to keep their innocence, we think that that means they should never hear anything about sexuality. Mm -hmm. And a child can be, in what I believe, innocent basically means that they still look at the world in a certain way. And I think understanding their body and how the world works, they can still maintain a really, you know, 
childlike viewpoint on life and still understand those things. Yeah, it's not a black and white. Information, again, I say this at all my sex talks, information is not permissiveness. You are not giving them permission to do things. All you're saying is this is how things work. And again, you're only answering the question that they asked. You don't have to feel like when they ask that question that you have to go all across the board and yeah. answer everything else. You just say mommy and daddy come together and or – Maybe since you already said mommy and daddy come together in love and then, mm-hmm. you know, God put you there. That's mm-hmm. where you started. If he says, where do babies come from? Maybe you start explaining there's an egg, there's a sperm. Mm-hmm. And again, that's up to you. Mm-hmm. Um, but you kind of take it in a different direction. And um, I would just take a – do some browsing. Yeah. Get some books and, and find one that really feels good to you. Get that book and say, tonight, son, we're going to read this together. Maybe for kicks, we'll post something on our Facebook page and ask our listeners if they have any good recommendations. For six-year-olds, yeah. For six-year-olds. And I know I do, meaning right, that you just can't I can't it pull it up. So maybe I will write that on Facebook, too. Or you'll put it in the, in, in the notes of uh, the show notes okay. for the page, either one or okay. both. So. Um, so those are our questions. I did want to, um, this is more tournament of bad stuff, Okay. but, um, I want to plus one that. So <laughs> you we, didn't do tournament of bad. All right. I'll do tournament of bad. It's right here. Cause I like to hear those kids voices. Yeah. We haven't heard it in a while. Tournament of bad. Tournament of bad. Tournament of bad. On this episode of tournament of bad, um, Work talk or worky talk. Worky talk, uh, meeting talk. Meeting talk. We were with our good friend Manisha and Chris on uh-huh. Saturday night, among uh-huh. other friends. But we um, have, how do we say it? We just have an ongoing dialogue about things that are said in meetings. Like work meetings. That become really normalized. But when you really think about it, they're they're so annoying. Mm-hmm. Yes, annoying. And, and Todd, I was just saying, I've started to pick up some of it because the whole thing of circle back. Yeah. I'm saying that now. Yeah. And I used to make fun of it. And all of a sudden, I'm finding myself talking to people now go, okay, wait a second. Let's circle back to what we talked about at the beginning. Right. Because that started out as worky talk. Yes. So these annoying people are actually just Influencing like us. us. Yes. yes. <laughs> so these are just a few that Manisha texted me that night just so I wouldn't forget it. One is circle back, which we've all heard. Right. And you might, because this was at the end of the night, I was a little tired. Yeah. Maybe you can help me understand what some of these are. Quick fire. Do you remember what quick fire is? Isn't that the five? No, no, that's no. something else. I think quick fire is. Just... Oh, I know. Quick fire is almost like a quick brainstorming yes. session. Yeah, like everybody just say really quickly what your belief is on this. Uh, move the needle, which we all know. We know that. That's, so that's like basically saying. Um, is this decision is this... going to move the needle? Right. Uh, fist of fives. Now that's the one we talked about <laughs> yeah. is you put your hand out in the meeting and you either give zero, one, two, three, or five. And I think it was based on. What about four? What, did I skip you four? You said zero, one, two, three, five. <laughs> uh, and if it's an idea we love, we throw a five out. And if it's a deal, if it's an idea we hate, we put zero out. Do you know what I would do every time? What? I do, do like three. a three. Yes, I know you would. Exactly. I'd be like, what What do we want as a team? This one I don't remember at all. Grain size? Yeah. What it, It's like... Um, like this is small potatoes? Like let's not worry about it. It's grain size? I I feel like she explained it's like getting it down granular, like what getting it down to this to the essence. Okay, you should just say that and not talk about grain size. <laughs> this is one of our favorites that we talked about the next morning. Double click. Let's double click on that. I even said it to you going to bed that night. Remember? Somebody just decided that they're going to start saying that, and <laughs> I wish they didn't. I, I always. Do you know what I think about all the time? 
who starts these things? Like, remember when we read about On Fleek? Mm-hmm. Who said that first? Yes, yeah, some person. How did somebody pick that up and make that a thing? And everyone will say, well, it's because of that YouTube video of that girl talking about her eyebrows being on fleek. And maybe she was really the one who came up with it, but she probably heard it somewhere else. Like, yeah. it just became popular yeah. through that. Like, how does On Fleek begin? Yeah. How does... Double click. Who said it first? And what does it mean? Double click means to open something up. Like, let's broaden that conversation. Can't you see it? Like, yeah. someone's like, we need to double click on that and really open that up. The other one she's put in there is work stream. I don't know what that means. What's work stream? Um, she explained that one too. Um, is that I like don't workflow? Yeah. And then we can iterate. Uh, that was the one that I didn't understand. I don't know what that means. But then there's a few that I remember that she didn't write to me. Put a pin in it. Yeah, but I even said that to you a while ago. Did you? That's a, that's basically putting a pin in it means to explode it, right? If you no. put a pin in a balloon, it explodes. No, that's not what it is. It means we need to set this aside, put a pin in it, and we'll come back to that later. That doesn't make any sense. That's it, what it means. If you put a pin in anything, it's meant to pierce something. Correct, and 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 kind of hammer it down a little bit, and so then it can sit there. Let's put a pin in that. And is that the same as put it in the parking lot? Correct. Or did we make that up? No, put it in the parking lot is just like put a pin in it. So if you're listening and you have said to anybody that you want to put that in the parking lot, just stop it. <laughs> what was... Th- and stop saying double click. And double click, but what was the one that you said at the very beginning that we Circle back, so quick fire, move the needle, fist of fives... Double click, work stream. No, plus one. Oh, the plus one. So sure. basically, it's like a quick way. Oh, if, it's plus one. if someone says, you know what, I really think that we should move in this direction, someone would say plus one. No. Meaning, I agree. But, it, but uh, yeah, that is what that means, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it's like an agreement. I thought it was like, I'm going to plus one that and like agree with you, and I'm going to say this next thing sure. that adds to it. You probably could, but you could also just say I'll plus one. There's that. probably a website for all this stuff. Oh, I'm sure there is. I know I've seen things where people are like, these are such worky. So Todd still has to go to a lot of meetings because that's a big part of his sales job. JVI is not part of this stuff. I used to go to meetings when I worked at the university and at the hospital. So I have a, I still have a memory, but I've lost all the lingo because yeah. the lingo's outdated now. Did you we have I mean? lingo back we then? We did. There was total lingo. There was no and lingo. again, it depends on where what you do because sometimes you will be talking JVI stuff on the phone Mm -hmm. and you'll get off and I'll go you were just completely speaking Greek like all the language that you just said I have no idea what you just said but I would also challenge you to say that most of the language that you didn't understand was probably based on the products that we sell not as a vehicle of communication of in a meeting True, true. But like if I like, you know, the last place I worked um, that was more like a, you know, a team effort was at Children's Memorial. And if you came into that meeting, you wouldn't have known what was going on. Right. Because we're talking pharmacology. We're talking milieu. We're talking clinical. So it's kind of fun to walk into someone else's meeting because you're like, what are they talking about? Yeah. How do they get anything done? Because nobody can understand it. Nobody can understand. They all get it. Right. So it's kind of cool, but it also is kind of annoying. Yes. So. We get annoyed just like everybody else does. Well, and it's annoying in that sometimes talking in a meeting is just to talk. Yeah. Like talk about a place where people just want to be heard. Mm-hmm. Sometimes there is an s- extreme amount of, uh, I'll say it another way, there is a lack of self-awareness of people in the room or a constant posturing of who is being heard more. Yeah. I was actually just listening to an interview with Amy Cuddy um, on the 10% Happier um 
podcast, which Todd just uh, introduced me to, and it's another podcast that I would recommend. Would mm, you? Sure. Uh, it's Dan Harris's podcast. It's pretty good. And she, you know, you guys have probably seen Amy Cuddy's uh, TED Talk. It's about how our body posture changes the way our brain responds, basically the Wonder Woman pose yeah. thing. But there was more to it than that. But she was talking about, she reminded me of the story she tells in the TED Talk where she had influenced that girl in her class to start speaking out in class because she basically, she taught at Harvard. And if you do not speak out in class, your professor has to fail you. Oh my gosh. Talk about an introvert extrovert problem. Yeah, right. And she said, it's tough because you've got the smart, you've got the big brains in that room. Yeah. And there's a lot of people who will take up a lot of space and energy in that room. And you got to figure out how you're going to, and don't you feel like that's what every board meeting is? Yes. Even if it really is irrelevant. Everybody's posturing. Everybody. And you know where else that happens? Where? Sometimes like, at a dinner party, yes. or sometimes when a group of people are standing in front of the school talking, mm-hmm. or sometimes, you know, anywhere. I just feel like sometimes I like to sit back and watch because it's like a socio- sociological uh, experiment. Um, I am going to talk about a few other things. Okay. One is um, we do the Amazon thing where we have an Amazon search box on our website, and a lot of our listeners have been going there to do their shopping. Nice. So basically, so just in the last few weeks, we've had 33 items sold, and wow. we're getting a 6.5% commission for all your sales. And that's just one small way that you can support us by, if you are an Amazon shopper, go to our um, our zenparentingradio.com website first and click on the search box. It's actually making a difference. Can, um, can I say something to that? Sure. One thing I thought about in the shower today where all the good ideas come is that on our website, we need to have a page that just has books mm-hmm. because we talk about so many books on this Yeah, this like Things show. We Love type thing. Right. And they may not directly connect to what show yeah. they were connected to, but we just need to have pictures of all the books because some people have recommended that in the past and mm-hmm. we've been like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, but I really – for my own good yeah. because sometimes I forget yeah. you know all these wonderful books come into our life and they come and go and we forget so I want you guys to know that one of my goals this summer one of my many goals is to um, get our website a little more updated Okay, where we have you know that kind of and so the the Amazon box will be on that page eventually too there you go okay um, we got two reviews thank you reviewers um, one is should be called Zen Peopling <laughs> true it should oh, be. Oh, yeah. That's actually, I get it. I didn't even read that. Yeah. But yes. And it came from KCN8. And then our second review, she said, or he, yeah, she said it was fabulous from Mrs. Genki from Australia. Thank she you. She says, love this podcast. Fabulous host. Great format and always excellent information, tips, and things that you can apply to parenting and personal life. Thank you so much, Todd and I Kathy. I feel like we've been corresponding with a lot of people from Australia Yeah, lately. what's with those Aussies? So thank you for listening, everybody in Australia. That so, means a lot to us. It's a long ways away. It is. It's cool. You think we're ever going to make it there? Yes. I would love to go to Australia and New Zealand. After the girls are grown up, there's unless we brought them, we'd have to win the lotto. Yeah, we would. Do you know what I told Todd today that I think we should do? Hmm. I, so we were in the car and we were listening to Mumford & Sons at Red Rocks. And I was thinking how in my 20s or in my teens, I would have loved to have driven for like a month just around the country and like gone to the best venues for concerts and maybe even followed the same band. Yeah. 
Um, at the time, it probably would have been Dave Matthews, right, mm. um, when we were that age. But anyway, just follow them around and go to the best venues in the country. I have been at Red Rocks, but I saw Almond Brothers, which was a problem <laughs> for many reasons. It was sweet. There's nothing wrong with Almond Brothers. There's nothing. I know probably all you people listening love them, but oh, my God. I think they played three songs total in three hours. <laughs> they can't stop playing one song. Um, Hutch just got mad at you. That's all I got to say. Well, I know she did. I know that they're, you know, they're a jam band. I just don't do jam bands. So we wouldn't be following the dead. (laughs) God. Yo, my blue sky, my sunny day. Did they play this song? I don't remember. I fell asleep on the bench. I was Maybe exhausted. it's because you had too many cocktails. No, it wasn't. I know for a fact that that was not the problem. I was exhausted. Um, I literally was asleep behind everybody. I was like, I'm done. <laughs> if they would end this song, maybe I'd wake up. This is the guitar solo. Yeah, yeah, I'm aware. I would say let's wait for it to end, but it may take a while. We may be here till tomorrow. <laughs> you know, this song I like because it reminds me of our daughter. Yes. Because it's about Blue Sky and Skylar. Anyway, but... Wouldn't that be fun, everybody, if, like, now, the age we are, if we were, like, to drive across the country and, like, go to the best venues and enjoy the bands we really like? Um, so Todd and I decided that when the girls go to school, we're going to do that for a month, And that right? is, that, that'll be my way of grieving the loss that my daughters are growing up I know. really fast. So are we going to do it after JC goes to school, or we got to wait till everybody we wait for Skylar to go to her freshman year. So we got a long time to wait. What if, like, I don't want to do it anymore? You think we'll be too old? Uh, how old will you be? You'll be 54. We're going to be old. But that's not old. I have girlfriends who are like older than that who are, you I know, just think kicking of, my butt When I think of yoga. people traveling with bands, I don't think of 54-year-old hey, people remember doing... the people we sat by uh, when we went to Billy Joel? Uh, vaguely. Remember, they were like in their 60s and they were, had just started dating. Yeah. And they would go to all these shows. Yeah, that's true. So... And I just think it would be a ball. And what I said is, you know, in your teens or in your 20s, you would have to either camp out or stay at a friend's house or go to some gross hotel. Sleep on a couch. And we'll be able to, like, stay at a normal hotel. Yeah. Embassy Suites. Airbnb. (laughs) Right. And I just think I would love that because I know some of you are probably in Colorado or you've been to Red Rocks. And that's just one example. Right. There's a lot of other great venues. I don't even know half the great venues. I don't either. It's because... Music has never really been traveling to see a live show has never been really that important to me. But it Not, is a it it can be a you, there's no but I understand yeah and then on top of that but it can influence a a good trip meaning it can oh, be for the sure goal. I think it's a great idea do you like it I do I would love to what band are we going to follow I don't know who knows probably somebody I don't know. I have no idea. Not the dead. No, the dead are done playing. They no, they're their... not. They're playing with John Mayer now. No, what about that last Soldier Field thing? They've got more dates. I just read it in Rolling Stone. you got to get Adam Brown on that. I know. He's a big deadhead. I know. He'll be able to tell us. Okay. Um, and then, no, we did Tournament of Bad. I think that's all I got. Okay. Um, 
my words of wisdom. Oh, you have some words of wisdom, don't you, sweetie? Well, I wanted to like offer something because Todd and I talk so much about how this whole idea of being self-conscious and self-aware is a practice. And sometimes it's hard when you're looking at all these things that you could change or all these things that you're worried about. Why not take a week and just focus on one thing? So I had a few quotes, um, a few things to think about, and I let Todd choose which one we were going to do. And it went away. Oh, but I, I went away, but I can paraphrase it myself. Um, be okay with your imperfect self. And basically what that means is if you make a mistake this week, if you do yell a little too loud at your kid and it doesn't feel good, if you are a little bit passive aggressive towards your spouse and you know it's not appropriate, take a breath, have some compassion for your imperfect self and then make another choice. Because the oftentimes the reason we're unable to get out of a vicious spiral is we start to become really judgmental of ourselves and then we get more angry and we go deeper into that hole. So when you make the poor choice that we all do, take a deep breath, be okay with your imperfect self and then make a different choice. So just use that whatever way you want to this week. And I'm going to give you my own words of wisdom, but first I'm going to talk about our third partner, Jeremy Kraft from Avid Company, painting and remodeling throughout the Chicagoland area, 630-956-1800, avidcode.net. And my words of wisdom are derived from my friend Bill at FAMZU because I get an email from him and we're actually partners with him. If you want to teach your kids about uh, sound financial money management, go to our website. There's a a FAMZU box in the lower right-hand corner, but I got this from him. It says, and I'll play my music, it says, money can't buy love, sweetie. Okay. But a shortage can ruin relationships. I know. Um... Money can't buy good luck, but it can bail you out of bad luck. Good. I like the reframe. Money can't buy happiness, but it can prevent a lot of unhappiness. Mm, Nice reframe. And money can't buy meaning, but it can give you the freedom to pursue it. Wow. Oh, those were awesome. I thought so. So. Thank you, Bill. Thank you, Bill. Um, See you guys next week. Maybe we'll do a Facebook Live thing this week. Who knows? Who knows? Because I don't think I'm traveling any overnight trips. Okay. See ya. Thanks for listening, folks. Hope you felt outstanding. So there's some different ways you can support us. Um, One of them is by asking either Kathy or myself or maybe both of us to speak at your next event. Or you can also tell a friend about our podcast. If you ship Amazon, go through the link on zenparentingradio.com first. It doesn't cost you anything, but Zen Parenting will get a small commission. You can also buy any of Kathy's three amazing books through Amazon or our homepage. And if you're like me and you want to teach your children personal financial management, then use FAMZU. It's an amazing resource. It's a virtual family bank that will set your children on a path towards financial freedom. Click on the link on the lower right-hand side of our homepage to learn more. And if you're a Chicago guy and want to learn more about The Tribe, the men's group that I lead, go to thetribemensgroup.com. Do you want to grow your business by partnering with us? Shoot me an email. And you can also give us an iTunes review. Lastly, you can subscribe to our podcast through our homepage or iTunes directly. This will guarantee you're up to speed on the latest and greatest of Zen Parenting Radio. You can always send me an email at comments at zenparentingradio.com and I'll be happy to get back to you as soon as I can. Finally, we're thankful for all your support and encouragement and always remember that the best predictor of a child's well-being is a parent's self-understanding. Keep trucking.